the website for all of your video game reviews, blog sites, and along with an active Discord channel, we are here to scratch your gaming itch, ranging from current day consoles to games of the past. And here to keep you company is Steve. Hey, everybody. Paul. How's it going, everybody? And myself, Justin, who's doing the talking. So we are all certified gaming experts and borderline gaming hoarders. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. There's, there were some big releases that have, that have come out over the last week or so. And then also, our topic of conversation is around remakes. So what do you think of them? What games did it well? Which games missed the mark? The journey of remakes we have seen since the dawn of gaming. So before we jump into that, I think we could probably start with what we've been, you know, what we've been up to. I think I, I see a I see an update here from Paul in our in our show notes. I was gonna say last week we had Steve talk Lost Ark. Paul, where where's your Lost Ark journey? So I'm almost level fifty. I'm like level forty nine and three quarters or whatever. It's been just hopping on and trying to forge and stuff like that. Um, it's a an addiction, What's but your... I'm trying to limit myself with other stuff going on and everything. So, do you have a? Um, I was gonna say, do you have an opinion with the microtransactions that Steve was talking to last week? Because he kind of talked us through that it's definitely a pay-to-win model, but it doesn't suck out the enjoyment of the game. Or you? Well, do you have any luckily, opinions on that? After I mean, playing? a lot of the stuff that you buy. I kind of just ignore. I try not to even look at it so I'm not tempted and whatnot. And from what Steve was explaining, if I remember correctly, it's a lot farther along from where I am with the higher-end gear. I'm not even in Tier 1, Tier 2 stuff yet. I'm still just chugging along. So I don't think I've hit that exact spot yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. but uh, You're right on the verge of it. You're so, right on the verge. It can ha like, it'll happen tonight. Yeah, probably. But besides Lost Ark, I uh, dived into some uh, more Halo Infinite multiplayer. I mean, I love oh. my Halos. I just got to get back into that. Um, and is, how is the community there? Is it holding up well? Any any issues as of late, or is it moving along nicely? How's Ranked? That's my favorite. I actually haven't really played much of Ranked. I'm just... Mm enjoying the the fiesta modes and whatever my friends want to play because i'm already level 100 in the season so i play whatever modes they need oh. to play to get to level 100 so uh, nice. um yeah i i've been out of it for a couple of weeks but uh ranked is usually what i like to sit down and get a okay. few rounds in so um but then from also from last discussion from our last podcast we announced about the amazon luna service Oh yeah! Did you give it a Did you give I, it a whirl? I've given it a try. I and do not approve. I'll just put it that way. Ooh, I've What's, had uh, what, what are your clips? Some notes? issues. Um, basically, a lot of the titles. I I got the the Luna Plus, which had their largest uh spans. I wasn't just going for retro. I was I wanted a little bit of everything, and that has a little bit of everything. A lot of the games that I've seen on there. I've already gotten, because I'm already a Game Pass subscriber, so it's a lot of repeats, so... I mean, but that you can't really knock them for, because, I mean, every every uh, game subscription service is going to is gonna have overlaps and everything. Um, one positive, I have had games loading quickly, 
probably Keep about the longest that I've waited is been about 30, 45 seconds for a game to load up. But the main thing that I am very in unimpressed by is the controllers. I don't have an official what? Luna controller, but you're able to use other controllers. But my ex it says to go through Windows and use it connected that way. So I use my Xbox controller. It comes up that it's an unsupported controller. Really? Yes. See, but the thing is, uh, I it was making it where I couldn't even launch games because some of them you can only solely use a controller. You can't use any mouse or keyboard. Well, that's a disaster. Yeah, that's so. But luckily, for sense. some reason, now it's rec it's still coming up as an unrecognizable controller, but it's allowing me to launch them. But it's it's got delays with the inputs and everything, so it's not very polished on that Oof. end. And I'm not impressed. In for what we reported last time with the Luna Plus being five ninety nine, it's only five ninety nine if you get in before April. If you don't get in before April, it jumps up to nine ninety nine. So at nine ninety nine, no way. I cannot wow. recommend it. Yeah, not well, not really a surprise. I think we were already sort of leaning towards it probably not being yeah. great. So, but now that you've gone through it and have developed an objective opinion, um, yeah, I'm I'm still gonna give it. I'm gonna pay for it for one month and see how it is yeah, because you get a free seven day trial. Then I think my seven days are probably up about today. I think probably was it. So for five ninety nine, okay, I'll give I'll it the one charge and see wait, how it is. But I'm leaning towards it's not something that I'm gonna keep. I'm also, from last t time that we played, I also said that I would try Elden Ring. Mm. Oh, did you? So this is my first Souls and? game. Oh, Souls okay. style game. I've had to get a new TV. Not related to the game though. Some some other thing. I just did you break it out of rage. Okay. No, no, no. It yeah. was just some did the controller weird go through thing. It? Oh. <laughs> but. I've, I haven't had to get a controller or anything. The, the whole TV fiasco was something sound-related, not related to the game at all. But Okay, okay. I thought I'd just throw it in there and see your guys' reactions. So, But, I mean, I'm, I'm only a little bit into it. I haven't really dived too much into it because of just being busy and whatnot and trying to get to level 50 in Lost Ark. I think me getting with it a little longer, I mean, yes, it's, it's a Souls game. It's going to push you to your limits so i I'm, yeah. so far i'm liking the graphics and everything but uh time will tell how uh aggravated i get shall i say yeah i i was like let's yeah i want to hear you a few more hours in i still have to beat. i said when i beat demon souls remake then i'll play elden ring so it'll be a while same but, so and yeah. actually from I, what i've also been hearing is there's actually been uh like scams going on with elden ring that basically because Ow. it is a sorry about that a multiplayer game basically with the multiplayer aspect you there's certain places that you can actually co-op and everything but you see other people in the 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 realm as like ghost figures so you'll see where yeah, they are that's, that that's how the other games were even back to demon souls okay. did that as well but from what i've been seeing is people are actually selling runes on ebay and stuff oh and wait it's so against their the terms runes for used... the runes are what you use are... for buying stuff you're leveling and everything it's your money okay. of the game okay so it's a like a gold okay. transaction of mmos and stuff um but it's a lot of it's on ebay and whatnot so people damn 
that you in order the only way you can do it there's no like mail service or whatever in the game you need to join that game with that person and then they physically drop the runes so a lot of people have been buying the stuff and not getting it so interesting so that's um, it for what i've been doing so see what have you been up yeah to? so for me it, it's still all lost ark and i i I'm trying to see what I want to say about it without Justin being here because I know he wanted to hear some of this. But um, without further ado, it's definitely a very addicting game. And I've also been trying to distance myself a little bit over this um, past week and especially this week uh, because I start my new job next Monday. So, you know, reality's coming and it's time to kind of put the brakes on it a bit. It is a very addicting game and it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. If you're the type of person that could get out of hand with a game like that, then I would maybe hold off because I think that this game has mastered the formula of, um, you know, MMO, keep you playing. Yes, I seem to keep going back to it. I try and break off a little, but it just lures me back. It's, yeah, it's something else. I'm really enjoying it. So where we left off last time was that I was pushing for T3, Basically, when you hit level 50, you have a little bit more to go in the story. Um, You have to get through Vern, is the name of the continent. Once you get there, that's when you hit the quote-unquote endgame. However, the endgame is a journey in itself. So you start through Tier 1 content, you move into Tier 2 content, and the highest content available at this time is T3 content. So I was pushing for T3 content content last week and did make it and i think justin posed a really good question on what was it worth it because now that i've made it to the end end game if you will uh where it's pretty much just oh here he is so (laughs) made it yeah perfect so this was just leading into the question that you had about lost lost ark that if you make it to Mm. t3 content was it worth it and i think that's a great question because it'll take you probably a couple hundred hours to to get to that point Maybe a little less. Oh, I don't think I've put in that much time. Steam would suggest otherwise. But really, how much of it was just time. doing Stronghold or Idle Right, time, so. yeah, half, probably, yeah. you know. Half. Menu time. Sure. Yeah. Still, a lot of time. It takes some time to get there. So is it worth it now that I'm in the end-end game? And I would say yes, absolutely. If you're the type of person that can control yourself in terms of playing this game, you know, keeping stuff you know, in your life together, of course, you know, all that goes without saying, but also for me, the desire to play other games too. That's something that I'm going to be yeah. you know, kind of working back in as we go here. So, but is it worth it to just run the marathon instead of the sprint that I did? I think so. I think it's a ton of fun. It's very rewarding and you really could get a lot out of it. Um, even if it took you a year to get to tier three content, it's just something fun to kind of revisit. So I would say that it is worth it. If you're into gear grind, increase your gear more and more and more. But especially, especially if you're the type of person that considers themselves a, um, an alt person. These people exist where they, they consider them, they call themselves uh, suckers for alts. They just have tons of alts, and they really like trying different classes. This game's for you, okay? Because that's, that's definitely who I am. I like variety, and this game really, really 
cherishes uh, having alts or a wide roster. Yeah, so, that's, oh, cool. that's very nice. Well, what, isn't it each uh, main class at least has two subclasses? Yeah, right, exactly. So. And as of right now, you can have up to 12 characters on a, on a server. So, oh, I mean, wow. you can wow, go forever, you know. Yeah, but it doesn't... It, it rewards playing on different characters. And that, that was kind of a game changer for me. And it's persisted all the way until my main character hit T3 content. And now I'm trying to get okay. my ults up to Tier 3 content so I can just get my main better and better and better. And it's at some point just sell all the stuff I find and make a ton of gold and gear up for the next content that's coming, which they're going to be releasing a lot of stuff soon here. Uh, yeah, that's what I was seeing. They were, there were hints yeah. about stuff coming, like a new raid supposedly coming soon. I don't know if it's officially been released for the Korean version of the game yet, but yeah. I mean, whatever gets released there, you, I'm sure you're, it's going to follow right. suit probably, I would say at least six months later, probably, if yeah, not I'm, faster. On the other side of this, from the perspective of someone that's not going to, you know, sprint to tier three content, um, I also think it's perfectly fine if it did take you a year or more or whatever to get to tier three content or to catch up to wherever the content is. I think that that's fine because I think that really the biggest difference between you and these hardcore people that play nonstop all the time, never take a break. I think would be the number of characters in that content. Interesting. So like, it's funny you mentioned that because the menu system. I know the menu when you log in, it has your, you know, it has everyone laid out. Whereas most games like that, I'll give you your one hero, in the middle of the screen to start. Yeah, so it's interesting that they're you all about that. the roster. There's there's yeah. catch up mechanics. So once you hit level fifty, that's not actually the level cap. The level cap is actually level sixty. It's just an extremely slow grind. So my main is level 52. Um, hmm. But what's cool back on this concept is that once you have a character that hits 52 or higher, you can put your alts in training to get XP passively. Is that what that power pass uh, is or whatnot? No. I, no? I'll touch okay. on that. But this training gets them up to one level right below your main. Okay, so they, very it nice. It just really, really caters to the alt mindset so if you're that type of person then i think you know this game could be right up your alley anyways the power pass no the power pass is uh to, it's a character boost level 50. okay gotcha. you get two of them um when you complete Vern for the first time okay. so you have to play through the story you have to get to 50 the the normal way first before getting two power passes i'm not aware of any other way to get other power passes what's you might you might be able to buy them more of that play to win yeah i I haven't seen i haven't actually seen that it may exist i'm not sure i've just never encountered it what's the pat what's the passive ability called the training you're talking about yeah it's like a training camp it's just is that the training camp actually in the stronghold that you can eventually unlock okay yeah it's grayed out for you when you hit level 52 on your main so i have a feeling i'm gonna i might have to dump a little more time into this because i did not play it this week group up together yeah i'll get i'll get is i'll get to why but i know i know at least justin and i we have only six character slots i think that that's the standard slot and i think with the the pre-purchase the more higher tier you got more character slots um I don't remember how I got an extra character slot. It may have been from the Founders Pack. 
like that may yes, have been. You, you yeah. could purchase purchase more. Yeah, I, I know that. Bars. Like when I log in, there's six spots there that you can select. Right. So yeah, gotcha. Looks like I'm gonna be losing some more time to Lost Ark. Yeah, and yeah. I I think that Justin, I know that you're the type of person that likes enjoying a plethora of games and a wide variety of games and. I, I think that if you just wanted to slowly play through the story, get to level 50, and when you get to level 50, you could do your dailies and stuff in, like, an hour and just move on. You don't That'd have to. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and we can do them together, or we can do them with friends or whatever. But, um, so there are multiple ways to enjoy this game, I think. that Very nice. You can get a lot out of it just playing casually. Um, I enjoyed the combat, the level at which I got to my combat, and I'd have to check because it's been over a week, but I started to really enjoy the ebb and flow of the game. It's I felt like I started to really kind of hit that stride once I went over that initial hump of the intro. When I was telling you, it felt like there wasn't enough variety in the combat. When I started to get to more difficult areas, and I had to actually consciously think about what abilities I was using and avoiding enemy attacks... I did enjoy that combat. It was definitely very different than what I'm used to with at least the more recent Diablo 3, I would say. Wait till you get unlock strongholds, then it's a whole other game. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then it's finding yeah, items okay. to build stuff and make stuff. Yeah, th there's, there's definitely a lot to learn. In fact, I did a little tutorial for Paul and my wife the other last week. I think it was just I, Yeah, week. about a week ago, yeah. Um. But and thank you for that. Well worth it. Yeah, no worries. Justin, what have you been playing? So I've got a. I'm gonna use up all my time to talk about uh, Gran Turismo Seven because that's Ooh. the big. That was the big release this week, and uh, for those of you that are listening, so I am definitely started with Gran Turismo with racing games, at least the simulation ones, and I've been a Forza fanboy since probably Forza Three, I think. So I've always felt that Forza has been ahead of the game in terms of variety, options, fun factor, everything. And I felt Gran Turismo was lagging a bit behind, but they still had some really positive things about the franchise I enjoyed. And one of which being the history of car culture and motor motoring and, and whatnot, I feel is very well represented in Gran Turismo series and always has been. So seven, I put it in the back burner I, because I was expecting delay after delay. Then they had... Uh, Gran Turismo Sport, which was good. It was a nice little dip into the Gran Turismo universe, but again, it was a game that would tote itself as having 300 different cars, but in reality, there was maybe 150 different cars because half of them were all, uh, G you know, Nissan's line of vehicles, for instance. I think I counted something like 37 variations of the Miata in oh Gran gosh. Turismo 6 or something. It was, it was kind of goofy. I, I mean, in any case, I felt like it fell short of what Forza was offering in terms of both car variety, customizations, and the fun factor of going through the story mode. So, Gran Turismo 7. So, a couple of things to hit on. The easiest is the visuals. That's obviously the first thing everyone's looking at, even non-car enthusiasts. And I think this game, similar to Horizon Dawn, is a bar above the rest. And it's Forza or Forza Motorsport has not had a release since uh, their Forza Motorsport 7, which uh, it's been some, Paul, I can't think of the year off the top of my head, but what was that's that, the comparison for visuals. Yeah, so, it's been I a mean, few years. Like, 
you were saying about the the car culture and everything and the the customization and everything i mean the forza motorsport hasn't been for quite a few years so mm-hmm. gran turismo so is it's... getting back into that where the horizons are more the arcadey style of forza open not, world not the fine tuning of every little thing like it used to be so yeah i was gonna ask what the um difference was between horizon and so, motorsports i've played both yeah it's just been so long i think since i've played motorsports yeah, yeah. horizon is the so, open world are yeah. more arcadey style not not ar- yeah. full arcadey like some of like need for speeds and stuff but it's it's got a more loose uh control scheme uh control feel with like the steering response and everything where the motorsports were where you would really fine tune your vehicle tire pressure yeah tire camber and that's what i always appreciated about forza is it allowed you to enter that world slowly and it held your hand the more involved you got with tuning to the point where paul can attest to this most of everything I learned about cars, I learned from playing Forza and Gran Turismo, and it's translated into the real world. It's how, I, it's how I've taken care of and tuned my own vehicle was because of that knowledge I got from playing video games. And then you learn as you go you know, in the real world, but it was a great jumping off point because you learned a lot about suspension and car tuning and the engine, you know, what different things you can do to the engine and all that. Um, so it's it's great. But so seven, going back to that, so the visuals, I have to say, are pretty damn incredible. And they do sell the ray tracing, but I have to admit, I don't know what the term is, but the non-ray tracing is way more crisp. And it is, gore- it's, it's very jaw-dropping, the visuals. It's the paint, the, all the textures and reflections, you cannot compete with how they have reflections on the road and the surfaces around you as you're driving you just you can't get that close to realism it is it is fantastic so there's no problem there runs at a silky smooth 60 frames a second and it's you know no problem at all the um the sound is where they are not up to par with forza forza takes very they take a multitude of sounds throughout the each car's engine note Gran Turismo has some more generic engine noises and things. Not to say that they aren't there, but it's not as true sounding as Forza. So that doesn't come with the game, and that's always been kind of a, an issue with me. But the visuals more than make up for it. So with that out of the way, let's get to the core game mechanics. So race racing sim, there's a few assists it does allow, you know, traction control and things, make it easier, steering assist if you need it. And so you can enable and disable those. And then control methods, you can do your standard analog. You can use uh, steering wheels that are very much the way to go if you want the true simulation and feel. And then you can also do motion controls, which I didn't try yet. Um, I'm sure it's more of a gimmick than actual racing, but it's still there if you want to do that. But the uh, the core of the game is I've I've put in enough time where you follow this thing called the car cafe and it was something I touched on last week where you get a menu of accomplishments in a particular area in motorsport. So for instance, one of them is European hot hatches or Japanese front engine rear wheel drive cars, and it will have you compete in races that are in that area. So you have all these variety of different races and they're all track based. Some of them are dirt based, which I just started to get into. So there's trucks in there as well. But it spans all generations of cars. So you've got, you know, 14 horsepower Mini Coopers 
and then you have your thousand horsepower plus supercars and concept cars. So it forces you to go through that. The tuning options are all there. You can go completely bonkers with that. Car customizations are there, although a bit limiting when you compare to things like Forza, but they're still there. You can add wings, body kits, if they allow it on those cars and things. Uh, the I always appreciated their performance metrics for the cars. So they have performance points. So you know you can be competitive if you get your car to a certain points system. The only thing that's a little wonky is it allows you to really exceed those power thresholds, at least in the beginning. So you can just you could be massively OP compared to the AI and just muscle through the races. But again, if you're playing it that way, this game probably isn't for you anyways. So I wouldn't worry about it. If you do want that arcade experience, definitely look elsewhere. This is not the game for you. Uh, so that's where I'm going at with the single player and it's unlocking. It's really enjoyable uh, just unlocking all those cars and you're increasing your collection so you get more rewards. There is an option to buy in-game currency, but it's definitely not something I'd be interested in. They don't really shove it in your face. You see it as a small option so you can buy in-game currency, but it's not... I mean, the point of the game is to play through it. So you're kind of just skipping through the enjoying part of the game if you do that. So I don't, it's not a big selling point, which is good. And then last but not least, you have your multiplayer, which took a page out of uh, Gran Turismo Sport. So they have daily races and tournament racing, and they have two attributes to your online character, which I'm curious, Steve, what your feelings are on this from the outsider, because they added sportsmanlike rank and then your actual competitive rank. Apparently there's a cap on your actual rank based on your sportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. So you can't, so the, the theory is basically if you're an asshole, you can only go to a certain level of ranking. And when I say sportsmanlike in racing, a little different than you know if the person's a team player or not, it's are you intentionally crashing and they have all these things worked out so if you're the antagonizer in a crash, if you're going into them and not breaking, it, it detects all these. And I don't know how accurate it is yet, but they refined it in the last Gran Turismo Sport, which was just a small component of this game released on the PlayStation 4 and um, up until present day. So I think they've refined it. And I see there's a couple of bugs they're working out in terms of exploits on the multiplayer. But the multiplayer is there. It's it's ranked. It's a very you know more serious racing game, but it is uh, it is neat that they do that because I always complain about the sportsmanlike conduct. And if you only have a couple hours to burn in the evening, it's nothing worse than getting into a team game or somebody goes into your game and ruins it for you. I think the older you get, the crabby you are towards <laughs> that. So it it's neat. But I in a nutshell. You know, just hitting on the very high level items of Gran Turismo, I went headfirst into it as expected. And then, oh, and then the other thing that goes along with graphics, the haptic feedback on the controller being a PS5, huge part of this game too. You've got the feedback is the best it's ever been. It's not only extremely intuitive when you're going over curbs in the game you can feel it on one side of the controller versus the other you've got your tire slippage and your braking pressure on each trigger and because it's adaptive it's really responsive and quite honestly i i've been terrible with the racing wheel i've used it in past gran turismos and my controller lap times are always faster so i i don't know what that means for me i think i've told the story to you guys before i i was between jobs years ago and one of the grant or one of the forza games 
I bought one of those really expensive Fantech wheels on the 360 and I spent a whole week and I said, if I can't get better lap times on this thing, I, it's not worth keeping because it, it was it was pretty expensive. I got it because I was so into Forza. I was like, I wonder what I'm missing. And I could not improve my lap times. And I was like, I can't justify pain. It was like, more, I think it was more than the Xbox itself. Uh, well, yeah, and the Fanatec stuff is really I mean, expensive. You're going into direct drive yeah. wheels and stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, it was nice, but I gave it after the week. I was like, I just wasn't seeing the improvement. And it's not like I don't drive a real car. Like, I understand that concept, but it wasn't. Uh, I, I'd love to try again, but the prices have gotten even more. Uh, you know, they've gotten higher. So, well, yeah, yeah, at yeah. some point, I, I may scoop up if I see a used one or somebody's unloading one of the Logitech ones that are a little bit cheaper, I might jump on it, but. I don't know. The, the but thing yeah, with the wheels, than, they don't compare yeah. because it's belt-driven, direct-drive and everything. So yeah. that that plays a big role in it. So the cheaper wheels, which probably even back then when you got that Fanatec, that was probably a belt-driven. So it's mm-hmm. you don't get the responsiveness as a direct-drive, but direct-drives are, yeah. you're talking, can be up to $1,800 for wheels. Yeah. So that's... That's where I was like, I couldn't. But I think there there's some cheaper options that just got released. Thrustmaster put out one. It's still, I think it's under a thousand. But they um, they released a Gran Turismo one that's supposed to be your. It's a direct drive, not a belt driven. So it should be nice. But the belt driven ones, I think, are the ones where the price point may be lower. Yes, I have to look. yeah. The direct drive, you've got I, an actual yeah. motor connected to your wheel. But that's where. Yeah the direct drive wheels you do get more force and feedback with because i mean there's yeah. certain um not to go off on a little side note or whatnot but there's some Steering wheels wheel. that you can only use certain racing cockpits certain ones because there's so much force that they'll actually bend the actual racing com uh cockpit that's wild. They're, they're, it, well, it's I haven't got so much yet. force where I've heard people like someone almost breaking a thumb because they didn't release the wheel because they had it set too high and stuff. But that's <laughs> some people, serious racing, guys. Yeah, that's like yeah. high end and stuff. As I'm here sitting looking at my uh, racing cockpit here, I'll put it on my to do list. But that's yeah, that's my long winded, very happy about Gran Turismo. Pleasantly surprised. Well, that's good. I nice. will ignore its short shortcomings to work through the game. So, very oh, nice. Just a cat. <laughs> Thought it was another kid coming downstairs. We're good. Um, but yeah. So I think the uh, if we can jump into our, we've got a couple of headlines, and then we've got one that'll segue us into the topic. So, I think the the first one here I took note of just because the music space is very busy and as we know Spotify is nicely integrated with our Xboxes and Playstations uh, and I say that plural because it spans generations of both those systems but I saw that Epic Games has acquired Bandcamp yes that's what I saw um, from what I was reading Epic uh, is saying that it's going to be an important role in the Epic's vision to build out a creator marketplace and they're talking that it's not going they're not going to basically change what's already there they're going to further build on it and everything so the services that you already use if you use Bandcamp I personally mm-hmm. don't use it aren't going anywhere they're just going to continue building on Bandcamp around their 
artist first revenue style model that Epic is trying to uh, put out. I'm definitely in support of that. I know Bandcamp I use for a lot of uh, smaller artists and even some bigger ones that use it because their revenue model is paying directly to the artist. So I'm curious to see if uh, the other thing I want to, so I do have the Epic games launcher and I do get their free games from time to time. I've purchased a couple from there. Definitely no big complaints with what Epic has to offer. I was just curious if this meant that Epic was looking to integrate Bandcamp into their launcher somehow that it's, you know, listen to music or listen to your playlist. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good Epic point. That I'm not sure. I mean, this has just happened yeah. a few days ago, I believe. So I don't think they've even thought of that aspect of it yet. Well, with the entertainment theme, I know we talked Twisted Metal last week, which I still will definitely look forward to seeing. But there's a God of War show. I have to say my bit. I'll let you guys talk. The thing that irks me with this this is the same feelings I had towards Uncharted is God of War in itself, along with Uncharted are I would consider cinematic games. And what I mean by that is that they're so story driven and heavily cinematic that having a movie about them just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's unless it were to be a continuation of the story, mm -hmm. for example, but I just, I don't buy on to these, but that's just me. What do, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I get I get that perspective that you already have a cinematic experience. Why do you need another one? And I, yeah. I think that for me personally, I would agree. Although I do sympathize with people that may not enjoy video games that could still get something out of the story. Like, they don't want to, you know, deal with the combat or puzzles or anything. They just may be interested yeah. in a fantasy Greek mythology story so it's actually really you know what that's a really good point because my other example is the last of us mm -hmm. my wife doesn't play games and she would pop down and watch some of the story elements and that that was one of the finest in terms of storytelling and she saw a lot of the intense sequences of the dialogue and she would get sucked in but wasn't interested in the game part yeah it so. exists it exists so yeah. Not, I I can see both sides on who would be interested and who wouldn't be interested. Yeah. yeah. Um. And with God of War, there is, it's such a huge, huge story. I mean, the first release was back in what two thousand five, so it's just a great expansive yeah. thing. So it depends on how they go with this. And I mean, they're still only starting to talk. They're in talking stages with Amazon on bringing this and i mean as we saw with uh talked about uh twisted metal this isn't their first dive into this because i mean you've got the uncharted movie there's also supposed to be a hbo adaptation of the last of us coming out too as well god of war that's greek mythology right so yes. the amount of stories they could pull out of that is almost infinite and it's been done a million times yes and so, the thing is yeah it could well it depends on how they take it because isn't the new God of War yeah. supposed to be uh, more transitioning into the uh, Norse realm, like of Midgard and stuff? Uh, that I don't. I haven't been following it close enough. I believe that's the new I, one. So they're transitioning yeah. out of that. But 
like oh, with a lot of these series that they're making, it's it's whether or not are they going to recap everything that's in the games, or is it going to be something completely different? Like, is it going to be like almost like a prequel, like how the games got started, like yeah. like just showing a, a side of the story that you don't get from the game? I'm okay with that. So I'm, I'm okay. But also, what they have announced is if it does go through. It's supposed to be led by Mark Fergus and Hawk Outsby, um, people behind the Expanse, and also someone from the Wheel of Time, uh, Rafi uh, Judkins. Sorry if I butchered the names. So that's who they're thinking of taking on this. So there's some people behind well-received uh, series that are out there. I'll see. Have either of you guys seen the Uncharted film? No, I have not. See? No. I no, I, I okay. like you tend to kind of shy away from the movies based on video yeah. games. It, I, I s- took a peek at like the Witcher TV show and Hen- Henry yeah. Cavill is that his name? He's much more a Superman than he is a Witcher. I'll just put it to you that way. <laughs> I, it was um, not That's believable funny. in the least bit. I I've yet to really come across a uh, film or. TV show adaptation of a video game that I've liked, so I'm like that too. But you know, some people get something in the realm of you know expanding these universes and adding you know adding content. The other thing that we wanted to talk about was this whole you know remakes, and I will say sometimes they refer to as reimagining. You know, set our definitions here. So remake is kind of loose. I feel that there's a lot of games that qualify as remakes, but there's a true remake there's a re-release which is the game being released again on a new platform and then there's always the reimagining which is the original game content but told in a different manner so before we get into you know what your each of your takes are on this there's one that i thought was good to reference to start of kick off the discussion is that final fantasy 7 as we all know is a very popular franchise or final fantasy is a popular franchise 7 was very popular at the time because of push forward in the polygon graphics department the fmvs the, the full motion video that they had that was in the in the game telling the story and the music it was it was great and so when they remade it and everyone was pushing for it it was a retelling of final fantasy 7 same characters same locations but the story is a bit different and they they switched it around so uh then you also have games like resident evil uh where they've been steadily remaking those games where it's more or less the same game with a huge jump on uh, visuals as well as uh, life improvements on the game. So, and then Steve and I have been playing or have played the Diablo 2 remake, which again, visual overhaul, some quality of life, but not much. But I would consider for our purposes probably more of a re release in the modern era, uh, is what that falls in. So, I don't know what I, I mean, I have my own thoughts on it. What, what are your initial thoughts when you hear the term like remake of a particular game that? that you've played before in the past at this point when i hear those words i loaded yeah when you hear it yeah i i just hear in my i just think to myself oh another one that's all i really (laughs) all i really think i am on the far end i think of the spectrum of people that don't enjoy or don't celebrate remake culture as i'll refer to it Mm -hmm. 
yes, I did play the Diablo 2 remake. There are some there are some exceptions for me. I'm not completely just mm-hmm. not into them, but uh, for the most part, my take on this has always been that you know if it's broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I also enjoy experiencing things in their original format, but really, yeah, you are big. Yeah, on that. and I also so that's just a personal thing, but from like an industry perspective, I've always kind of feared that the focus on remakes and relying on old content and old ideas sort of stymies creative design of of new interesting franchises or just new installments just do a new installment i'd i'd personally rather have a new resident evil than a remake of a game that was already great so that's just me i know that this is kind of a hot topic but I've never really been big on the remake thing, and it's it's gotten way out of hand at this point. They're remaking. I think I saw Plumbers Have Ties is getting remade. I mean, what Glover on the Nintendo sixty four? No, no, plumber, Plumbers Wear Ties. If you don't know what it no, is, no, this I, is a... <laughs> <laughs> um, Plumbers Wear Ties. I can't remember exactly what console it was on. I maybe Sega CD or the three DO can't remember but it was a really horrible like fmv adult themed um drama video game that is ridiculous (laughs) has poor voice acting poor everything i mean it's just an absurd video game and avgn the angry video game nerd did did an episode on it and it's quite funny and i think that's where you'll adult oriented romantic comedy visual novel dating sim developed by united pictures and published by kieran entertainment for the 3do 3do interactive that's right wow Wow. although the game did have a dos version it was very limited yeah so they're remaking that so i I mean it's just completely out of control at this point that's obviously a troll i i mean they're trolling by remaking that yeah i think it's ridiculous but yeah i mean that's just kind of a hilarious example of how out of control remake culture has gotten remake everything I could I could agree with that. I so I fall somewhere in between. Same here. Because it's yeah, cuz there's there are games that in their original form and I still have access to it. I would prefer that 9 times out of 10. Where I like the remakes are and this again is also controversial are games that don't the the game the core gameplay and experience is there so i'll i'll throw games out there like uh, wave race or uh, golden eye on the nintendo 64 those are fun games on their core but they're not as easy to play given the advancement of technology so when i think of golden eye i would love to see that with a dual analog controller you, you mean you don't like to use the uh redone. the buttons no. to aim we changed no we've changed and i know a purist like steve like you said that that's blasphemy but i i like when they do upgrades to that and then the other thing i do appreciate is i do like the original form but if you're going to put it on a new platform to make it easier to access for me i will take that because i think it's because i'm probably a, a lazy gamer as well where i like the i like the convenience of the switch online to play original nintendo and super nintendo and the same token though i only play those with the 
Super Nintendo and Nintendo controllers. Like I won't play them on my because it it feels better to play on the original controllers. So I definitely fall somewhere in between. I don't. There's some games that just don't need to be remade yet. I mean, there's a lot Plumber's of games that ties. I've seen come out. <laughs> yeah, Plumbers with Ties. Uh, there was another. There's that like weird, Nintendo. There's Xbox 360 era games that are remade and they don't really need to be because you can still play them through the store. They say it's upgraded visuals and all that, but they don't need to be touched. A lot of those 16-bit era games don't need to be reimagined or you know upgraded, but I do like a good solid re-release though. Like I love the collections they release on on a bunch of platforms like the Castlevania collections or the Konami. Well, yeah, you had like the uh, Sega collections the and stuff yeah. in the on the 360 and stuff like that. I don't know. But, I but then like on the same hand though, like you're right, like Resident Evil, they were great in their original form. Like Resident Evil 2 was good. I played through that remake too. I really liked it, but if I had to choose between Give me a new, you know, a new IP even. Don't even give me a game in that, you know, in the Resident Evil universe. I'd go for the new IP because you're right, Steve. Like, it's kind of like they're just recycling. It's what they do with movies, right? Like Fast and Furious. They're it's on lazy. 10 of those now. It's lazy in my in Yeah, my it eyes, is. It is lazy. lazy. It's an easy cash grab. Yeah. yeah. It's very lazy. And, and like, I got to agree with both of you. I mean, the one thing about, like, the remakes is that... I also put in perspective is it sometimes it does also bring people to that younger generations that never were around for the original uh, when the original Resident Evils came out. It puts it more yeah. on their radar and easier, uh, more easily accessible. Um, that's a that's a really good point actually because then you get them into the. Like Final Fantasy, for example, so set Final Fantasy VII, this remake, I'll keep coming back to it. I love that, you know, 50% of my enjoyment of that came from the nostalgia. The other 50% came from the fact that it's a new retelling of the story. And that was exciting to me because I saw characters I knew put in these new scenarios in this universe. And it was a retelling. But if it was an in and it, the younger generation will play it now and go, wow, this game looks amazing. What was that original like? And they'll go back and see it in its original form. And then but old people like me, I'd like to see a new Final Fantasy, whatever it was, give me a whole new cast of characters, put in that same gameplay they had with this remake. I'd play it, enjoy the hell out of it. So I but yeah, that's an interesting point because it does get like. The younger generation's yes. interested. Now, was the Final Fantasy VII actually classified, like, named as a remake or a re-release? Or, like, what was it specifically What's set? the full title? Yeah, what was Because, their, like, like you were saying, I, if I they're changing stuff, I don't see yeah. it as a remake. Because you're, you're changing it. it. I mean, like, if you're re-releasing to get more, like, I better graphics re- or whatever. does mean that you're changing it that's what i thought but you know yeah. i mean i would the way i look at it i think that that should be like final fantasy 7.5 so you get this other i would be it. more into something other like thing. that at least what then it's just dlc for a really old See, game and that's then kind of interesting to me yeah and then the other thing yeah. me being a halo not i'm gonna bring this up when master chief collection came out you got oh yeah halo ce with updated graphics, but you could push a button and get back to the old ones. If they, like some of mm-hmm. these, if they had that integrated, so 
the people that are getting into these as the younger generation getting to see these older games they could actually go and see what it's like what it was looked like where you could easily just hey like you were saying i want to see how it looks like push a button okay this is what the graphics were like so they can get that broader range and enjoyment so they can see how it looked and and it's and it's accessible like think about like we're knee deep in the whole gaming thing, right? How easy is it for a 13-year-old to say, hey, I heard my dad talk about Halo. What the hell was that? And I want to play it. They can't just, you know, go to the store and pick up a copy and play it. Mm-hmm. They've got to really, you know, dig deep to try and find it. So I think the Master Chief Collection is a great option for that. So in the Master Chief Collection, I liked having them all in one space because you could shuffle around the different versions of halo i wish they would do that for more older games that you can fit on one one media yeah because with the older stuff i mean you're getting back to the original playstations and whatnot not a lot of people have access to that or know where to look for i mean us the three of us we go to the midwest gaming convention or whatever so we have access they sell all that stuff there people vendors so you can get physical original media and consoles and stuff but the average person isn't going to know about this and know how to specifically get that or in some cases how to even hook it up to tvs because i mean you're talking the original sega genesis the original nintendo you had to use an rf coax uh, connection most tvs nowadays don't even have that yeah, they don't even have the coax adapter. That's a good point. I mean, look at when PlayStation 3 came out. Um, you had the light guns. And they had a great thing. with When the light guns, they, those work off the reflections of the actual monitor. When LCD TVs came out, they don't have that necessary reflection that's needed. So they don't work. But yeah. PlayStation came out with a great thing where they had two RFIs that acted like that. But... If someone goes back, original Nintendo wants to play Duck Hunt. If they don't have an old CRT TV or can't play whatnot, it. you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't play. And I mean, yeah. you with the old gaming culture, those TVs are gold. Yeah, I mean, you should you you guys know seeing some people like it's their prized possession because I can play these exactly how they yeah. were in the old consoles, in the Intended. old TVs yeah. with the horrible colors and everything. Yeah, man, I my verdict. I still feel like we should turn this into some sort of voting, but I would have to say my verdict. I'm still, I am smack dab in the middle because there are games that deserve remakes and reissues, and there's games that just are, they should remain yeah a distant memory, and I could go either way, and I, but I I think if faced with it, I would say give me something new rather than recycling the old. But yeah, so my vote will be against if you know if we're going to be black and white about it i would vote against because overall uh, i'm i'm not like great just, about i'm it. back down in the middle like yes i like some of them uh, i mean i like new content it's it's a hard yeah. it's a it's a slippery slope shall i say and just so everybody that's listening understands where this conversation originally came from uh it was just recently announced that resident evil 2 Seven and three, I believe, three. are getting yep. updated graphics for the new cons, uh, the new uh, systems and everything coming in this year with the ray tracing and everything. Mm-hmm. 
So that's where this uh, conversation actually stemmed from. Um, them updating those, and there's supposed to be a free update. Um, I know uh, PlayStation 4 and I think Xbox Series S and X, it's just going to be an over-the-air and PC, just a straight-up update. See, where see I, I mean, that, that's getting out of control to me at that point. It's like, all right, let's update Resident Evil 2 every gen, every new technology breakthrough. Grand, just, Grand Theft Auto 6 all over again. I mean, what, right? what's the end goal? Space Invaders VR, you know, like you're mm. in the ship. Yeah. You know? But, I, I mean, like, where, like where this, this it's, they're not selling them specifically as this is a PlayStation 5 version, this is an Xbox Series S version. It's just graphical updates where if you already have yeah. them, you, you're getting the update and it's just how you got to get it. Sure. Well, I, I do have some yeah. exceptions to my distaste for remakes. I uh, Multiplayer games, I think um, I do enjoy remakes. And I didn't really know why, but, you know, Paul's point to accessibility is probably why, because that's where the people are. Yeah. Like, uh, for Diablo 2, I played the remake, and I was into it because that's where the people were. That's where I could make my trades. That's where I can team yeah. up. That's where I can play with mm-hmm. people. So multiplayer games, I... I I actually really like the remake stuff. Um, and then there are some situations where technical difficulties of a time are remedied by modern solutions. And I think that the strongest case for that are for games that came out in the nascent stages of 3D gaming. So the N64, PS1 era, um, where the controls yeah. were awkward and the visuals were did not age well at all. Muddy. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see where remakes there kind of fulfill a need. Whereas um, some other ones, not so much. So I, I do see some exceptions. Um, but uh, overall, I feel like it's it's gotten pretty out of hand. And I'd like to see more creative design by these large companies like Capcom um, than this seemingly over-focus on remakes. <coughs> And you bring up a great point about, like, the multiplayer aspect and stuff. I mean, because, I mean, eventually all your multiplayer stuff of the old stuff will eventually be server shut down and whatnot. So these remakes can also bring back that nostalgic feeling with, I mean, Halo 2 was a perfect example. There were people boycotting, keeping their Xboxes on so the servers could not be shut down. And I think they went, like... Yeah, thirty days or something. The people, to, because yeah, they could the not shut down the ser- ser- servers with someone on them. So it's great. Getting... Yeah, I mean, a remake will bring a community back together. Yeah, Definitely. especially and nostalgia so cool. for me. Um, just to get that that love and feel back and everything. Well, with our with our time running long, and I'll get this release out in time. Let's rip through these releases. You guys stop me on any important ones and we can we can wrap. So we've got the releases coming up for this week. So that's uh, March 8th through 14th. Uh, we've got Steam Early Access, Have a Nice Death. I don't have any background on that one to add. But the other game that was somewhat controversial, uh, they skipped a year is WWE 2K22 because 20 was awful to 
put it yeah, 20, simply. So, so I, I'll, I'll pause real quick on that one. So yeah, 20 was one of the worst video games I've ever played. It was so bad. The graphics were terrible. Glitches were out of control. The story mode yeah. was pitiful. And I, I'm a big wrestling and wrestling game fan. So I, I experienced all oh. of these. Um, I played most of them. I, I definitely missed a few years throughout time. But yes, 2K20 was a total travesty. It was comical how bad it was. Uh, just do a quick search of 2K20 versus like 2K16 and see how much better 2K16 looks. It was really, really yeah. bad. I know that there was some change in uh, the development team. Maybe it was rushed. I don't remember the exact story. But it was so bad that they scrapped 2K21, which is hilarious. That's like if Madden just scrapped a year. If they were like, you know what, this one was so bad, we need a year off. Um, yeah, like th those really those yearly releases of sports games, WWE. I feel that the older ones are always better because they they seem rushed because they've got to get everything out. Yeah, a lot of it could just be like for the soccer games, it could just be a team lineup change. I mean, stuff like that. I could see, especially sports games. There just be DLC like have a we've been just DLC we've been for talking about that stuff. for a a decade. I never understood just so they could keep the multiplayer pay, player base why they didn't go the route of DLC because you know you can get people to buy into it and it doesn't divide the the online community as much as a new version every year does. But and the, yeah, the I think the yearly release I'm, of sports games kind of predates dlc even existing and it's yes, probably they're it just does which i can understand yeah. with the older before yeah. you had the internet and stuff where you could easily yeah. get the dlc yes but i mean the way i look at it these i'm talking yearly... 360 yeah like mid-cycle 360 eras when they started doing more of the dlc yeah and that's why even then the advancements in the game engine weren't there but that it was just roster i mean now they're doing but visual enhancements a lot of it's, but I yeah find it's some of it's marketing of too like there's always hype around like the next release yeah. um so i i don't know i i'd have to imagine that at least some of those companies have thought of the dlc the, model oh i'm yeah, sure they the have DLC, yeah. and what i break it down to is i look at it more as a money them trying to make money where they can sell the oh, game yeah. full price where dlc nobody's gonna buy Unless you've got hardcore. Everybody's going to buy a $60 DLC for roster updates. Yeah. So. I always thought, I thought subscription model would be the way to go. I just, I, I clearly I'm wrong. Because somebody, you're right, Steve. Like someone's analyzed this and yes. determined that this is the way to go for more profit. But I just, to me, it just seems like I would love to see the projections if they were to switch to a, like an initial buy and then a subscription model. And you could sell it as a package, like buy the next three years of Madden and pay, you know, X amount. Yeah, I would um, go for it. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, if I was into, I mean, clearly you're into the wrestling. I would do it for like a, if Forza did that in a heartbeat, because I know the reputation of games. Yeah. Uh, I, if they said, Hey, you're going to get the next 10 years of Forza releases. Yeah. Pay, pay $140 yeah. for uh one and three then years get, or something get three yeah. years of updates or whatever almost like a season yeah where yeah. they'll they'll re they'll give you the new graphics the new engines yeah. in the dlc and stuff yeah so 
Anyhow, moving on from our sports releases. So, Steve, report back on the 2K22 because I, I think – is that a uh, is that a Game Pass or no? I don't know. I don't, it just came out I'm today. Not I'm not sure. sure. No? I doubt um, it. But well, the if, thing is the release if, is only – right now it's early release for the Deluxe and the uh, Now for Life edition. Oh, Gotcha, and then the March 11th is when it fully releases. Okay. Yeah. We'll Um, see. We'll see. 2K has had some good games. Uh, 2K20, like we were saying, was a disaster. They skipped 21. So this is, um, I think they got a lot riding on this one. So we'll see. I'm going to play it. I will report back. I don't know when I'll play it. All right. You'll play it at some point. Yeah. Got more lost. Uh, yeah, if you get through that. So we got a couple more, a couple here with a few notes I wanted to throw in. So we do have Steam Early Access. We've got Core Keeper. I don't have any comments on that. The next one for the Switch coming out on March 10th is Chocobo GP, which uh, is in the Final Fantasy universe. I don't. I know they put out a couple of these in the past, so I will have my eyes on it. I'm not certain I will jump on it, but it's there. The other game uh, coming out which is a relaxing adventure game is what it's touted at is submerged hidden depths and that's being released on what looks like all platforms except for the switch i am always fascinated by these games so i'll i'll report back if there's some you know if that catches some traction uh no place like home coming on the pc aztec forgotten gods coming on all platforms even the switch I was going to take a quick peek. Do we know what genre of game that is? I don't. Which one was that? Let me do a quick peek here. Uh, no, not right off the top of my head. Action adventure game. I'll take a look and see. I just I was thinking it was something else when I saw the name, but I'll edit this. Yeah, there's. I mean, this is a good. I would say a good week for uh, for playing a bit of our backlog. If I were to give a a first pass. There's nothing on here that I'm going to lose my mind over, but, uh, oh, the, uh, I know what I was going to say. The Chocobo GP, the one thing I did want to add here is that this looks like almost a battle Royale racing game. It's a cart, it's cart racing. Um, and it's a sequel to Chocobo racing, which came out over 20 years ago. So that it's not a re-release, but it's another, uh, like an online cart racing game. So I don't know. We'll see if it's any good. I do. I feel like Square is kind of hit or miss, but it is a Switch uh, exclusive for now, at least. And looking, I believe WWE is going to be coming on Game Pass. It's not on there right now. There's talks of it coming at launch, but not at launch. All right. Okay. Well, then I. I mean, st- I mean, I like those old wrestling games, so I'll I'll probably play it if it comes on Game Pass. It's fun. Yeah, I I'll like, check it out. Like a good yeah. old-fashioned Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, it's, it's those games are fun. First blood. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that does it for this week. Just want to say thanks for everyone tuning in and sticking with us as we go through episode five here. Hopefully, content is getting a little better as we we get into our groove. So we'll be on social media more as time goes on. So if you do feel like harassing us while we're recording, we generally record on Tuesday nights between. 8-ish and 10-ish central uh, p.m. And you can find both Steve and Paul streaming that online. 
Uh, Twitch for Steve is Steve the Ripper, all one word. And Paul's is Boasty PB, as in beta, all one word. You'll find that in the show notes as well. So you can click on those and uh, watch and harass us while we're recording or listen on your podcast application of choice. So until next week, thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Have a good one.